Alright, try when you don't move your joints regularly through full range of motion, you lose them much like a door. Once you don't open that door for a period of time, it becomes a squeaky door. Don't become a squeaky door. Today is all about spine mobility. Move it or lose it. We're going to take a deep dive into why athletes train in certain ways and a whole lot more. We're back. If we haven't met, my name is Yanni Bormeister. Across the table from me is the incredible superhuman Phil White. Superhuman. And uh, behind the mixer and the camera is Richie. We are Unity Gym in the Unified Movement System. We take driven people and turn them into strong, flexible athletes. If you want to know how we do it, download our blueprints. If you download our blueprints, I'm going to send you emails but it keeps us connected. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. How are you, Phil? Good, mate. Uh, I've, yeah, I've just uh, found out in the last day or two that I am, in fact, going to WA. For those who um, maybe don't know, I've been back and forth between maybe doing an interstate, quite a rural trip, and it's it's on. So I guess uh, we'll be putting in plans now to hopefully get me to be able to Skype in or something. Yeah, uh, 100%. But, we'll figure something yeah, out. So I'm here for the next week. And I just saw on the map where he's actually going and it is literally the end of the earth. <laughs> for those <laughs> yeah. flat earthers out there, he's got one foot off the edge. Yeah. 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 Be going real rural. So uh, <laughs> yeah, should be exciting. But um, yeah, here for next week. So in, keen for a good set of shows. In uh, If you're tuning in from uh, the US or somewhere, Australia is kind of like the East Coast and the West Coast. And the East Coast is uh, it's almost it's almost like one country and another country because it does take about it's kind of like America, I guess. It, it takes about five hours to fly over, you know, uh, four or five, depending if you've got the wind behind you. Yeah. And uh, but unlike yeah. America, where there's 330 million odd people in Australia, we've got 24 now or something yeah, like about that. Yeah, so 24 million. Uh, yeah. Yeah, not much yeah. going on in the middle. Yeah, that's right. Well, lots going on, but not many people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we'll get stuck into today. We're talking spines. Yeah, spines. absolutely. Before we get started, how's Richie today? I'm pretty good. Yeah. I complain. Fantastic. Now, guys, question of the day before we wrap into this is, are you training your spine? And if you are, how? We want to know. Uh, we want to know whether you just do, ba like, you, you treat your spine training as just general weightlifting, which is absolutely uh, spot on. That is a way that you can train the spine. Uh, but we want to know if you do any spine spine specificity training and uh you can let us know in the comments section and re maybe richie can type up question of the day are you training spine how so what what uh uh gave us the the idea of doing today's show was a question that came through earlier in the week i wasn't here i was absent i was dealing with an eye injury uh where someone was asking about spine training and uh, and spinal injuries. We've had a couple of back pain and back injury uh, questions come through recently. And, you know, one of the things that has perplexed me over my personal training career, which spans a vast period of time, I started as a personal trainer way back in 2004. I've trained probably quite literally thousands of people now, if you consider the amount of groups that we've done as well. And, uh, one thing that I've noticed is that it doesn't seem to matter how much you deadlift or squat heavy, you can still be vulnerable to 
back flare-ups, back spasms, muscle spasms, you know, and the, the, the classic example is uh, the, the old bending over to pick something up and it's usually a really benign, really simple activity that take, catches you by surprise and you experience a back spasm. And uh, people often say, how is this possible? I can deadlift 200 kilos, you know. And the reality is, is that spine like any other joint in the body it needs to move and it needs to be loaded in lots of different ways and and we've created a really big problem for ourselves and it's industry-led uh, we're taught as personal trainers that you should never break neutral spine and you know there are neutral spine proponents out there like dr stuart mcgill who we're well versed in his work uh, I've read three of his books and um, he is a neutral spine proponent. He very much likes to advocate that the spine has only a certain amount of bends before it delaminates and the, 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 the outside of the vertebra discs delaminate and are more vulnerable and susceptible to disc bulges and splits and all that sort of thing, you know. And, uh, but then there's at the other end of the spectrum, people like us who are proponents of moving the spine and, and strengthening the spine in lots of different ways uh, to make you more uh, or less um, susceptible to, to injury. I'm very excited not, to have Phil probably, here. Probably aren't quite the total other end of the spectrum. I'm sure there's people who go way beyond into contortionist land, but... Um, 100%, yeah. Yep, yep. I think, yeah, we're trying to strike that, that, that sweet spot of obviously strengthening in it, like when we're doing our strength movements, being really aware of, um, you know, the positioning of our spine and then also exposing it to movement variability and different, like, kind of levels of loading to... Yeah, build resiliency. Yeah, 100%. And look, um, I'll, I'll give you a little bit. This is a, a, a real passionate subject for both Rad and I. It's unfortunate he's not on the show today, but uh, both of us have had quite compromised spine before. I fell off a horse as a young kid and really, really hurt my back. And uh, Rad also had a bit of an accident in the uh, military that has triggered a sort of, I think, like a dormant... Um, uh, postural issue with his back that really, really um, made it quite bad. And uh, that's a PARS fracture, a PARS defect. And, you know, so we've both had to come yeah. from a place of being... I, I, I was seeing, a, my, my parents took me to see a, like a massage therapy and osteopath when I was like 12 years old because I'd kind of constantly had back pain. I grew really quickly when I was young and haven't grown since I was 14 um, and played a whole lot of sports. So I ended up having, like I had stress fractures in my spine when I was a kid and... Um, and back pain perhaps consistently throughout my life and yeah yeah kind of got to the point now that i know that yeah if i'm if i when i stop ex if i stop exercising for any amount of time it just 100 really so exactly the same thing happens yeah. to me it's the first thing that i get uh other than uh, the psychological impacts of not exercising which hit me pretty hard after a week or so but if i abstain from exercise for more than a couple of weeks my back starts to play up really badly and you know, where I want to start this conversation off, because I spent the, the vast majority of my teenage years and my adolescence really doing what I was told by the people I was working with that I could not go out of a neutral spine when I exercised and that I could not do certain exercises like barbell back squats and barbell deadlifts. That was something that I was just told I'd never be able to do. And it wasn't until I bucked that trend and followed the advice of uh, a friend of mine uh, who told me that he can't explain why, but he's prescribed snatch grip deficit deadlifting, which is like the ultimate test on the lower back uh, for rehabbing back pain and back problems. And 
he said, I would just give it a try. And I had been taught this from Ch the late Charles Poliquin also, but I just completely disregarded it then and thought he was an absolute nutcase. And then when I did it, I never experienced back problems again. And, uh, and then since then have progressed uh, to quite, you'd say, a strong person. I can deadlift over 200 kilos and squat the other day 180 kilos, you know. So you, that, that's way above average strength, especially for someone who's come from a, a compromised background. So, uh, you know, yeah, there's this like, there's this sort of concept of don't train the spine, but yeah. and, you, and you, like even within strength kind of land, like you know, you, you're talking about giving very neutral for um, gym exercises, but from the physio standpoint, like I feel like sometimes it my experience with having seen physios and back pain when I was a bit younger was it was so underloaded and under um, stimulated because they'd just be focusing a, a whole lot on these like deep core stabilizers and you'd be lying there trying to you know stop yourself from winging but then you're kind of not sure if you're doing it right if you're just sucking your belly in like <laughs> kind of lying there feeling like you're an idiot until you eventually say like oh yep yeah, yeah i feel it yep. yeah 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 <laughs> just so you know mate i, I, I little side note um i because my my initial coaching and training was with uh with paul check and he was really huge on core activation and really um specific core activation like that and we used to i used to test everyone's core by getting them to lie on a, a blood pressure cuff every time they yeah. came into the gym and you'd see if they could move the needle by yeah. activating the TA, you know, and uh, I did that with everyone. That was like part of my yeah. assessment protocol. And, I, I, you and, know? I, and like the, a lot of people I really respect are, um, do do that stuff, but I think, and you know, we were taught it in physio obviously, but I think it's just, there's a spectrum for everyone. Like there's a spectrum of exercises that you can do to be activating the muscles around, um, you know, your, your spine. And that goes from probably, you know, the, the easiest end, those core activation exercises and the hardest end probably loaded deficit deadlifts are, <laughs> have got to be right up there. And I think so often people just go ultra conservative and just go right down to the bottom end of the spectrum and never kind of progress you up. And I think that's where the secret sources is finding, like kind of being able to, uh, yeah, get on at the right point and progress up and not get stuck chronically underloading and then ending up, you know, falling out of, like if, if you're only there lying on the floor trying to activate your TA and you're not doing the activities that make you happy, then like that's the quickest way to fall out of an exercise habit I, like that I found. And it's <laughs> a really good way to create an injury identity for someone too. Now, I want to rewind a little bit. Uh, why you can explain in your best um, physiotherapist tone why does someone who can deadlift 200 kilos, and I know you hate this language, put your back out, <laughs> cause a spasm in the back by bending over and picking up a suitcase that's 20 kilos? Yeah, well, with the all things injury, I'm sure you guys are, you know, must be sick of me saying it by now, but injuries mostly happen when you do something that your body is not quite used to doing. So if you think about how you spend all of your day, you know, if you're getting eight hours sleep, I know Yanni, you're not at the moment, but, um, you know, you've got, like eight hours there lying lying in bed, fairly sort of standard position, then you probably like get up and if you sit at your, your computer, or like, you know, having having breakfast, sitting down, go to um, go to work or work from home at the moment, sitting down in this fairly sort of neutral, um, you know, sagittal plane, slight like, you know, rounding me back a little bit. And then maybe your exercise is going to the gym and you deadlift heavy and then you go back to sitting on the couch and then you go to bed. Like if, you, if that's kind of a standard day for you and that's been a standard day for you for years then you, your spine hasn't really like deviated from that maybe short of looking over 
uh, your shoulder to check your blind spot and you know <laughs> yep. if someone knocks past you quickly walking down the street like if, if you haven't exposed your spine to lots of different movements then when you do get something that that varies from your regular um, what it's regularly exposed to that's when injuries usually happen it's exactly the same for why you develop tendinopathies if you've um, you know if it's these rapid changes of exposure that really do you in so you can have someone who's um, you know deadlifting 200 kilos has, has really dual the technique of deadlifting 200 kilos in that you know sort of braced neutral position which is what we advocate for here but if you then also haven't exposed your body to um, you know loading through a slightly flexed spine then that change in what your body's used to is what can um, cause a spasm because with your back there's more than just your erector spinae muscles around your vertebrae you've got a whole series of different muscles that are um, spanning you know one segment so one um, sort of bone in time and then and up to a few and then you've got your erector spinae which is spanning the whole spine so there's so many little muscles there and big muscles there that can control at a you know segmental level or at a whole sort of global level and then if you've only ever training the big global ones and not kind of training the segmental ones and anytime you've got segmental change you've got exposure to m those muscles being overloaded yeah at a very micro level yeah yeah and so and uh, you, you for anyone who is watching um sometimes you know I, I can get a bit like i i explain things and i can talk pretty quickly and maybe uh, the potentially jargon slips in so please if you are watching live especially or even if you're on the podcast like if you do have any questions about any of this stuff like even like clarifying questions if you feel like you know it's too dumb to ask whatever please ask it because yeah, you know 100%. we do want to give you the most in, like useful information and if i'm just here rambling about no, hundred percent. Look, not, yeah. So let me know. One of the things that you just said there, I think, is really key, which is that you have these big global muscles, like the erector spinae, as a good example, which which pretty much spans your your waist, your, your hips to your neck. You yeah, know, um, and there's it's broken into th I guess three sections, but it is one system of muscle, and that's the one that we most see. You can yeah. see them hypertrophy in the lower back, especially, and you can see them in the upper back too. I guess, but you got the traps and rhomboids on, on top of them but um, the the important part is that you also have these segmentational stabilizers and movers um, which I know is the multifidi or well, multifidus. That's one of them so multifidus is there you've also got your rotatories and then there's yep. also intertransversari which are another um, and they're the ones that rotate it well yeah so you've got different ones that are you know at different levels doing rotation and, and um, uh, some like multifidus is also involved in flexion I and mean, sorry extension when acting bilaterally but yeah. i think all of the you know going into the hardcore it, it, details yeah, yeah, unimportant yeah, but just to understand that there are lots of muscles that yeah span the um the spinal column and and work at a large movement level but also at that stabilizing level just yep. like in other areas of the body and those muscles although they are stimulated in a deadlift and they are stimulated when we do these core activation exercises they are not used to movement by that by 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 exposing them to an isometric bracing hold they're not going to necessarily that that strength doesn't necessarily carry over to movement strength exactly so when we think about training for different contraction types and like when we think about training it's all about that specificity so if you become really good at uh you know contracting isometrically and in a range you're going to be awesome at contracting isometrically and in a range but then if you uh yeah go to a different uh sort of position just like everyone who kind of gets the um, you know, hammy like a hammy cramp when you're kind of extended and in your hip and flexed in your knee, or 
if you go into these position um like compression strength if you get cramps in your in your quads because you're suddenly in flexes, yep. yeah because it's a different like position for your contraction exactly the same thing happens in your spine when you're um not used to you know maybe bending over and moving and and, and twisting these little muscles are like whoa all we've ever done is contract isometrically to um you know have like Just rigid stability yep. but now you're you know having me eccentrically load in outer range like that's enough for the muscles to be like hey not exposed to this before let's shut this down and then a, a spasm happens so yeah and that's what you know and and this is why a lot of people are quite surprised when we when they say i've i've tweaked my they always say i've tweaked or i've put my back out or some ridiculous jargon or language that we all fall victim to because we've just been taught to do that uh it we usually say keep moving it what should i do what should i do well if you if there's no ner- if there's no symptom of nerve problems then motion is usually lotion like motion keep, is lotion baby keep gently moving it you know yeah. and and uh it will settle down you just have to re-establish a good relationship with your brain to tell it it's okay i didn't I, you know I, I didn't do anything too dramatic here let me let, let me continue yeah. you know and, and, and i've had this before and i've told this anecdote before on the shows where yeah it was at the time i was deadlifting you know 180 for reps um a couple of years ago and then uh, in the morning i was just like flipping uh, eggs at breakfast and like that some little movement there just like totally tweaked my like spasm my back my upper back and um yeah it just feels so ridiculous that that and and people often get like a lot of back pain if they're doing the washing up and you that slight lean forward like (laughs) it's such a funny thing where it's like that's half your body weight but it's still enough because it's such a different sort of position to be holding so yeah um yeah it's one of those things where if you do have a little thing like that and i guess it's just quick just quickly with nerve symptoms so that's tingling numbness uh shooting pain burning pain or or any weakness so if you start getting any feelings like that down into your limbs um you know hands or feet or any sort of funky things going on with dizziness or uh, like that obviously um that's worth uh, looking to uh, get that looked at pretty quickly but if it is just a really localized spasm that you know they can feel really sharp don't get me wrong like they can feel oh, like yeah. getting stabbed yeah, yeah. in the back <laughs> i've been there before where i li- i literally thought that i was gonna die i thought that i'd like uh, i had a bone fragment stabbing into something know, you know feels, like it, it can feel like that so but i think if you, they they really like movement so um if you can be you know like walking is one of the main things we encourage people to just keep trying during um uh like for, for back yep. injuries i mean except if it's a really aggravated by extension but you know the more kind of movement you can get through that system then it will kind of start to um unwind a bit and, and should stop the spasm yeah yeah and so um i just i think this is the the like the the really important thing that we drive home on today's show for those people who maybe do experience uh, regular um, back spasms or, or flare-ups or um, have before or, or want to take their performance to a higher level and become more resilient. Uh, it is so important that you understand that no, no, like the easiest way to frame this is if you consider athletes, because athletes are who we all aspire to and, and when we're training in the gym and developing strength and skills and things like that, it's usually inspired by prof- professional athletes or performance athletes. Think about the, the concept that no athlete will ever perform a feat of physical um, 
of their physical capability will never demonstrate their performance with a neutral spine. It's just not, no sport does it, you know, whether you're playing football or whether you're, you're a power lifter or whether you're, uh, uh, we were, Phil and I were even talking about Olympic lifters who I was thinking like maybe they're the closest because they're more upright than power lifters and, uh, but they don't. They, they experience excessive butt wink at the bottom, their spines are moving, you know, like they, there's just no way that you can uh, um, demonstrate maximal strength and force and power and speed yeah. with a perfectly neutral spine. I mean, some of the positions, I mean, I get into in the volleyball courtroom diving for a ball and like twisting and getting the, the ball up, like that's so far removed from, you know, what I'd be training in gym. And oh, I got really crunched in the surf the other day where I felt like I got tied into a knot and then untied and then tied into another knot yeah. <laughs> and spat out. Like some of the positions you find yourself in, you're like, it's so far, you know, when you think about in the gym and, and in physio consultations, you're often like, well, you know, really try and keep it in these this little box, but then you go out to the real world. If you're doing any amount of sport, like you're gonna be. <laughs> and there you go. And, and that's why athletes, they don't spend ridiculous amounts of time in the gym with neutral spines. M the majority of their training is done in real world practical applications. If they're, uh, if they're in a contact sport, they're out practicing tackles and jumping around and, and, and doing stuff that the, the majority of us l would look at and go, oh God, I'd probably hurt myself doing, you know. But for the rest of us who aren't uh, training professionally um, to be an athlete, it's important that we expose our spines and our bodies to different types of stimuli. You know, if you go to the gym and you just do neutral spine work where you're bracing and which is a really great skill to learn, uh, you cannot expect to be um, resilient in the real world. It's just not gonna happen. You're gonna still find that there's gonna be certain situations and it usually is the most ridiculous activity that you just would not think would throw you back, like would, would cause something to occur, cause a spasm to occur. Uh, you're gonna be susceptible to those things. And so the answer is, and what we um, teach our guys to do here is that we take the spine through its full range of movement. We try to train or reconnect the brain and the muscles so that we can activate those segmentational muscles. We can, we can move, we can flex, we can t rotate, we can extend. And combine movements, so combinations of those movements. 100%, and the other thing is, you know, of all the movements, isometric contraction is probably the least effective at developing strength. Like it's not amazing at developing strength. Eccentric load and concentric load are far superior to developing maximal strength. So, you know, even the notion that you can just brace uh, isometrically and that's gonna suffice for developing a really strong, healthy spine is, is not it doesn't make any sense you know you want to load it eccentrically you want to load it concentrically you want to load it in flexion extension but as phil um sort of prefaced at the very start of this the the absolute essential critical concept is progressive progressive overload because remember just like uh, exposing your spine to a, a bend and twist in the airport, picking up your luggage or picking up your child from the floor can create um, uh, a scenario where your, your brain sort of goes, oh, we're not used to this and the muscles aren't used to it and you uh, experience a spasm. This exact same thing can happen in the gym. As soon as you expose your spine to new stimulus that it's not used to, then you have to be very, very gentle. You have to be very progressive and originally, initially, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately... And something in the gym is like, Unrack, unracking, re-racking, loading plates is like <laughs> sometimes some of the most challenging things for absolutely uh, for you to take on in the spine. And that's Absolutely. Why, you know, with our online coaching groups, we always like 
we get people to edit their videos, but we always make sure that they're keeping in the uh, unracking and re-racking part of it because that's the most common time, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> you injury, so. But not only uh, that, like we, one of the things that I was really excited about, we have at the gym, we, we moved from having all of our weight plates on weight trees, which is, you know, all of the, the stuff that is designed to prevent you from having to bend. It's like, you know, keeping heavy things at eye level and yeah. things like that. So you don't have to bend over. We went the complete opposite way and we got upright uh, weight stacks. So people have to bend over and pick the weights up to load them on the bar. And there was a lot like it, I, I did it for efficiency, but I was also very excited at the fact that that's going to train people every day they come to the gym to do this action of bending over and twisting yeah. and picking things up, you know, because if you don't practice it, you're going to be weak at it, you know. And it's done in a progressive way. It starts with the 2.5s and the 5s. Yeah, fives that's and the, exactly right. <laughs> you know, it's just so. so perfect. And and so... You're an evil genius. I know, <laughs> I know. Look, I, 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 I try. Uh, but, you know, we the, the, the underlying... Um, uh, insight here is that we should not be wrapping our spines in cotton wool. The spine is not this fragile thing that we should be protecting at all costs. It's actually quite a robust structure and if we train it properly and we stimulate it correctly, then it continues to develop in strength and mobility just like any other part of the body. But like any other part of the body, the problem there lies that if we don't do that, we lose it. You know, it's move it or lose it, especially with the spine. But that that, that applies to any joint in the body, you know. And uh, often higher stakes when it's back pain because it can just be, can really stop you from doing things you like. You can kind of ignore an ankle. That's but right. It's really hard to ignore. It, when it, got, ignore uh, a back. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And trust me, for any of you out there listening to this podcast who are in uh, a, a situation or scenario right now where you're experiencing um, back pain, minor or major, I, I feel you. I feel you. When yeah, I had too. my spine injury uh, for for about eight years, I walked around feeling like at any moment someone could kick me in the balls. And, and as a man, that's a quite a, uh, a fragile position to be in because the nerve that was impacted by my spine was feeding my testicles and it was horrible. It was Ouch. the worst feeling ever. So trust me, I know what it feels like to have a really, really compromised spine. And, uh, but the problem was for, for so long, I was told that that was my reality and I had to deal with it and I shouldn't move it, you know, because it aggravates it and just medicate, medicate, medicate. The amount of pain pills I took through my teenage years was ridiculous, you know, and, uh, it was always my limiting factor and I was scared of lifting weights because of it, you know, and, uh, it was just. Uh, it's, just, it's just so unfortunate that, you know, the, the, be, because of the severity, as you say, of what it feels like to have a spine or a back that's spasming, we wrap it in cotton wool and we're fearful of training it properly, you know, and it's certainly not the, uh, the recommendation around yeah. here at Unity. And, you know, just yesterday, uh, a gentleman who trains with Richie, Phil, walked up to me as I was leaving the gym and said, he said nine. And I said, what's nine? And he goes, nine, nine kilos since I started. That's how much I've lost. And for six months, I haven't experienced back pain for the first time in my life. Wow. And that's something that we get told all the time. It's something very, very common. Phil's training a gentleman who used to be a client of mine at the moment, who's come from a very compromised spine. And yeah, the other day I watched him squatting 60 kilos and he's 55, 56 years old, you know, like, uh, it is so yeah. important and that he, we stimulate I guess these. I so scared of doing any 
amount of weights and yeah it's been just so great to watch him um yeah get stronger and stronger and most importantly he's just like yeah i feel great like yeah <laughs> that's no. right and he, th- this yeah. gentleman came to us after being told by three surgeons he had to have a sp- um his spine fused and, and and major surgery on his spine you know and that was ye- that was about four years ago now now um the way we do it in unity gym is twofold first and foremost well actually threefold we call everyday spine day at Unity Gym because every single day at Unity Gym, we are training the body using free weights. And free weights, as opposed to assisted machines, have you usually standing or sitting where you're not locked into a certain position. Yeah, we might be lying on a bench to do a bench press or sitting on a bench to do a shoulder press uh, or something like that. But the majority of the movement happens while we're having to stabilize the body as well as move an object or move our bodies. So that is strengthening the spine and strengthening the muscles that stabilize the spine every single time we come to the gym the other thing is as i said every time we're loading plates onto our barbells and putting them away again which every person has to do and every person has their own weight stack they are learning to load their spine and rotate their spine and pick things up heavy off the floor and put them back down again Um, and then on top of that Every single workout we do in our warm-up, we have spine mobilization drills where we're moving the spine. We're doing spinal waves and spinal flexion, spinal extension, uh, uh, and we take the spine through all of its range of movement um, that's capable, that's available to the individual. And then on top of that, for um, anyone who wants to take it further, we have our Spine Mobility Masterclass, which is a full-on progressive program that goes from very um, sort of easy, uh, simple, um, I guess you'd say uh, isolated movements, right through to loaded movements, where we're doing loaded Jefferson curls and things like that. And I think it's over about five phases uh, of different programming, you know. And... uh, yeah, so we have these um, three different ways that we get our guys to stimulate the spine, and it works very, very well. You know, it delivers incredible results. It's a really, really successful way of doing things. So today, I'm pretty sure Rad is organizing to put that Spinal Mobility Masterclass on sale. For all the guys who are in the UMS already, you guys um, are doing the warm-up so you will have experienced the spinal waving and things like that and for anyone who's already training in the gym kudos to you because you are stimulating the spine hopefully you're getting up out of the uh, assisted machines and doing the b- big bang feedback movements like the deadlifts and the squats and anything single leg split squats step ups things like that really help to activate core musculature and things like that but i urge you guys to get the spine moving in all ways spinal waving uh, flexion extension do it progressively do it gently if you want to learn more about how we do it you can grab our mobility masterclass spine mobility masterclass it'll be on sale all weekend and uh yeah dive in train the spine of the, like with covid and one of the uh kind of worst outcomes like, i mean there's so many horrible outcomes with with covid but i think just like the public health uh issues around being stuck at home are, are huge for mental health and for nutrition and for all sorts of things but i think spinal pain is going to be oh, one of the yeah, things that's just time. massive having heard a whole bunch of my like clients who you know are working from home lying in bed uh yeah. working on a couch just it's yeah. just going to be a real less movement means more less incidental problems. walking and, yeah. and and just general yeah. movement throughout the day so yeah for those who are stuck at home yeah it's a great option for the for those stuck at home uh guys we are we have to wrap up now and jump over to our weekly group coaching call 
on the UMS uh, online coaching group. So that is it for us this week. Uh, it has uh, here been a great week because I wasn't here for a lot of it, but I have thoroughly enjoyed the last two days. Uh, we'd love to see some comments uh, of how you guys are training your spine, even if it's just that you're going to the gym and doing your regular weightlifting. It just makes us feel good uh, that people are getting that stimulation. And uh, we will catch all of the Movement Mastermind, uh, the, the online coaching guys over in the UMS online coaching Facebook group in about a minute. Thanks, everyone, for the great week. We'll see you next week health is about performance not just body image you better be willing to accept what you're gonna have to do to get there we'll start focusing on movement goals strength goals flexibility goals. When you nail that skill it's there forever the body image goal doesn't get you that it's far. the consistency and frequency that's gonna get you there it's not the intensity there's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.